Greetings, beautiful people, and welcome to Queen's Stand Up Support Network Radio. Our purpose and intention is to create a non-judgment zone of support for the leaders and those working to be the change they want to see, where we increase our awareness regarding the experiences that manifest as we navigate through this adventure we call life. Increasing awareness allows us the opportunity to choose to align with the actions necessary to manifest the desired change. You give all of you every day working to live on purpose, and now we intend to give back to you by empowering you to tune into your souls. Let us pray. Almighty Divine Creator, as we grow from strength to strength, we give thanks for this day and the opportunity to expand our vibration as infinite choice makers. Thank you for showing us the way of healing. We are open to receive as we continue to align ourselves with peace. May our homes and hearts be forever filled and surrounded with happiness, healthiness, love, and forgiveness as we live in the present moment, our most powerful point of being. In the name of the Father, the Mother, and the Child. Amen. Mut Kanshu. Ashe. So let it be. Sunday to you. Thank you so much for joining us at the Queen Stand Up Empowerment Internet Radio Show. Last week, we were talking about the last principles of success, quitting and quitting successfully with the Quit Doctor. And you can listen to that show by visiting queenstandup.com. Today, we are here to discuss the topic of reinventing your career. The idea of reinventing your career can be scary. Where do you begin? What are some key characteristics to have to even undertake the process? So many ideas come into your mind as you entertain reinventing your career. Somewhere lurking in the back of your mind may be the idea of how do I make it to the point of thriving in this reinvention process? Do I leave myself a safety net? Do I entertain the idea of venturing into a whole new industry? The great thing to remember is that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are others who have come before you to pave the way and are able to offer you wisdom on this very topic. Our guest host, Diane Huff, has even written a book about the process. 
titled Brand You to Land Your Dream Job. If you'd like to join the discussion today, just dial in to 929-477-2476 and then press 1 to join the discussion. Welcome, Diane. How are you? I'm wonderful. Thank you so much. It's such a pleasure to be with you and with your wonderful listeners today. Oh, we are so honored to have you and um, get the opportunity to discuss your book and just all of the things that you have learned on your journey. So why don't you just start with telling us a little bit about your story and what makes you so passionate about our topic today? Well, I started, I've worked for 40 years in corporate America. That means I'm technically old. Um, I worked for 40 years for companies like Johnson & Johnson, Frito-Lay, Carnation, Nestle, CBS Television, Mission Tortillas, large corporate brands, and was working in marketing as director of marketing, VP. I've, I've worked in corporate America forever. Um, I'm now 68 years old, which means I'm not employable anymore. Um, I started teaching marketing at a couple of universities about three or four years ago, and I discovered that my bright, talented students didn't have a clue on how to get a job. So um, I wrote a book for them, for my college students, called Brand You, Plan Your Dream Job, which takes the marketing and branding and advertising skills that you use to market a brand and teach people how to market themselves. Then something, I was promoting it and doing radio programs, then something amazing happened. I started getting very quiet, discreet inquiries from people I knew and colleagues I had worked with, uh, people that I esteemed and relatives that I knew had fabulous careers, et cetera, saying, can you help me? I, I lost my job two years ago. I'm living in a car. I'm surviving from food banks. I haven't had an interview in two years. And it all came together when I was um, taking an Uber, um, and, and I, asked, I always ask when I drive an Uber, what do you do? And this lady, white-knuckled, driving the car, pulled over, burst into tears, and said, I have two master's degrees. I've worked for 16 years in a big you know, tech company in corporate America. I have a PMP certification. I was in charge of setting up call centers for this big, well-known company. And all of a sudden, I lost my job, and I can't even get an interview. I've lost my home. I've lost my car. I've lost my apartment. I've lost everything, and I can't get a job. I'm too old. I can't even get an interview. And it, like, struck me that that's what's happening in corporate America is as, as even though we're getting older, we're aging. The average age today is 83, and, and people are losing their job in their 40s, and they can't get back into their careers. And so that really struck me and started me on a journey of adventure, and I was shocked to realize I'm unemployable. I could not get a job in corporate America today, despite stellar credentials, despite years of experience. And so I was forced to go out and reinvent myself. I'm in the process. It's not easy. Um, the roadmaps aren't real clear. But I've learned in the process that it's normal. What happens is every seven years you change. Your body changes. Every cell in your body changes. And so you're rebirthed every year physically, biologically. And that's what goes to the principle, the biblical principle of a sabbatical. Sabbatical means every seventh year you did something different. Universities traditionally gave their tenured professor their seventh year off to go reinvent themselves, write a book, discover something, travel, because biologically we're made to reinvent ourselves every seven years. 
that's why divorces happen at 7, 15, and 21 years is you've each changed so much. So we have to learn that this change is driven by biology, um, and we just have to learn to embrace it and figure it out and walk through it and make it happen. Yes, absolutely. So do you think that the reinvention process is more about worth than ability? Because you just mentioned that, you know, this woman that you were in her car, she had these master's degree, you know, she was definitely capable and competent, but she was having a, a difficult time finding a new career opportunity. So what part of that is tied to worth as opposed to ability? Um, it's all together. We are okay. used to having a society where people work for 40 years. You think that you work for 25 years, 30 years, get a gold watch, you do the same thing. That's what our grandparents did. And the society has changed. Jobs are no longer like that. There is no corporate loyalty to employees. Employees do not have loyalty to their bosses, to their companies. And so you're, you're kind of on your own and charting your career path where you have to re-examine and reclaim your worth and we change our passion. If your passion is ripped away from you and you aren't allowed to complete it before you're through with that journey, then you yearn to get back and finish it. But we shouldn't be looking today to fight a younger person for the job that we mastered 20 years ago because we're bored at it. They're challenged by it. They're excited. We would be bored by that same challenge because we are driven to reinvent and always have new goals and always have new aspirations and always need to learn new things. I believe life is about learning. We're on a constant um, journey of adventure, of learning new things. And we can't get stuck with, I learned this, so I'm doing these things and I'm not moving on. We're being forced to move on in life. A lot of times it's painful, um, but we just have to really embrace that and, and say, okay, I'm on a new phase in my life. I'm an age in my life. That things are different, and I've got to go back and reinvent me all over again because I'm not the same person I was when I was 18 or 25 or 35. I'm a whole new person with a whole new set of skills and passions and purpose, so I've got to find that, express that, own it, make it work. Oh, wonderful. So that brings up two things for me. Number one, how does one build a sense of worth so that they can, you know, take the next step of embracing where they are well I think you have to understand the reasons that for example you in the employment area you need to understand what you bring to an employer and if you are um, a mature professional there's things that 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 you bring that other people don't bring and so you need to understand the value that you as a mature professional bring and you need to be able to express it and own it and it's not just the detrimental mm. parts of these are the voids we have. These are the things that I bring you in there, things like judgment, maturity, loyalty, experience, wisdom, gut feel. There are a bunch of communicate the ability to communicate, proven track record. A lot of these are things that we have that we need to um, express to an employer and own that they may not be thinking of as they're attracted to shiny new objects. We have to claim them. And, and okay. we need to claim them for our own dignity and our own sense of worth. We need to realize how valuable we are and express that. 
wonderful. So you need to see your value yourself by identifying what value you bring to the company. And then you do that through expression and owning your value. Perfect. And and a lot of times you just, you let, let ageism um, run you down and you don't realize what it is. So it's very important to claim those strengths of inventory them, claim them and find a role for them in a job. So what are some strengths that you notice about yourself table that, you know, perhaps someone in your industry who was younger didn't have? A lot of it is experience. Um, Right. A lot of it is painful experience. You know, it's interesting. You, You don't grow when you're comfortable and happy. You just want the status quo to continue. You only grow when you're faced with challenges where it's more painful to stay where you are than it is to get up and change your life. And so, as we've matured and gone through challenges and problems in life, we, we, we um, have faced great challenges, and they have transformed us. Um, in my case, I almost died of cancer when I was 40, 48 years old, 48, I don't know, someplace in there. Um, and I had terrible cancer. I had a five-year-old child. I guess it's 43. I had a five-year-old ch- child, and I, I had possibly terminal cancer 30 years ago, 35 years ago, more than that whole bunch of years ago, and there weren't examples of people who survived the kind of breast cancer that I had, and you have to fight your way through that, and by fighting your way through the odds and fighting for survival, you get lots of scars along the way, but you also get a lot of experience, and you get passion for living, and you Mm. get um, an awareness of your personal strength. And no, I'm not going to let that happen. I have got to fight my way through this. I'm going to do it, and I'm going to survive because I need to. And and that is a learning experience. It's, it's part of gaining value, and it's part of a sense of who I am. And that's important as you you claim your personal worth in life. I love that. So it sounds like you have to look outside of the box of the regular skills. Like you're not talking about data entry ability and, you know, the, the knowledge of Microsoft Word. Like you have to go deeper and, and bring to the table or just to the awareness the importance of resiliency because that sounds like the trait that you just described. Resiliency usually comes through experience. It's not a book knowledge, you know, that you can program in. And until you've been in the industry, you know, mastering different personalities and things of that nature, you don't know how really resilient you can be. So that example that you gave, and I'm so glad that you recovered, you know, from that um, illness, but that, experience is not something that you can um, recreate, right? It's something that naturally happened that you were able to use. So that's where the direction that someone who is reinventing themselves has to go in. They have to look for those non-quantifiable traits and skills that they have gained through experience. I love that. Mm-hmm. Amazing. And yeah. you also and have it's not- to address it with Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. No. You have to address it with passion. We we need to reinvent ourselves. Reinventing is a passionate thing. It's moving forward. We don't want to do the same things we did for 30 years. That's boring. We need challenges. It's scary. I'm at a point in my life that I'm looking at major life changes, and it's scary because when you go to a new place, you leave the old place behind, right? Mm. When you move on to something else, you have to let go of 
and abandon where you've been that felt comfortable. So it's scary. But that's what life is all about is facing new challenges in life. Okay. Yes, absolutely. So that brings us to the point that a large part of this is about self-development. Also, you know, spirituality, I'm hearing some of that in there as well. What are some ways that you can um, suggest people to develop themselves personally so that they can learn how to express and own their values when they are, um, quote, unquote, selling themselves in another way? I think the, the, the keys are lifelong learning. You know, 40 years ago, I got two master's degrees. I thought I knew everything, right? I didn't know okay. anything. The, the older I get, the more I learn, the more I know I don't know. And so today okay. with technology and knowledge growing exponentially, technology doubles every two years, we're immediately obsolete. And if you hold on to those credentials that you established 30 or 40 or 50 years ago, they don't matter as much anymore. Now, in my case, yeah, you have to have a college, you know, a master's degree to be able to teach at a college. But to do a job today, people want updated certifications, credentials. What you can express and document that your skills are today is more important than old degrees from the past. And so we have got to embrace lifelong learning and say every day I'm going to spend half an hour today, every single day for the rest of my life learning technology, learning new stuff, embracing new learning, even though that may not be what you want to do, but if you don't, you will be left behind because the world is changing so rapidly. You've got to commit. I will learn something new every single day for the rest of my life and embrace it with passion. Mm, Absolutely, because then you have the experience plus you know, you now also have these skills that are necessary, uh, such as Microsoft Word and stuff. So you become, you know, uh, even greater threat to maybe someone younger who is in your industry. So, you know, that's some a different way to look at it, you know, because they don't have your experience. And the only way that they can do that is through time, right? But you uh-huh. can actually go and learn you know, I mean, through time and life, through natural processes, but you can actually control the amount of knowledge that you earn and gain in a certain period of time. You can't control the amount of experience that you have um, until you're out there. So that's awesome. We should be in corporate America. We have got to change things. And there are some glimmers of hope that things are changing. But one of the things is you have got to look at – a mentor and an intern at the same time Um, and and cross-mentoring. You as an individual have certain skills and talents. Younger people have skills and talents. If I'm talking to a young person on this, this, this show, older people have unique skills and talents. And what we need to do is cross-mentor each other for mutual benefit because everybody can learn from somebody else at different stages in life. And so we've got to to look at ourselves and find a cross-mentoring relationship. In corporate America, there's changes that are happening, and I'm sure you're familiar with it, in employment, many employment circles, instead of a traditional, you know, hierarchy kind of, uh, of a, you know, the pyramid, you have um, agile workplaces, and you have teams that are like scrums where you work together 
one of the big trends is you'll have a team of 10 people in a department and they meet every two weeks and they create a group goal. Say, okay, in the next two weeks we're going to accomplish this finite achievement task, whatever, and we're all equally responsible and therefore we all must contribute. And if one of the people in your team lets you down, somebody else on that team has to step up. So that's a team structure that allows this cross-mentoring because you can use your wisdom and experience to help other people so you're not competing, you're contributing to the team's success. And I think we need more of that, and corporate America has to find ways of incorporating that cross-mentoring instead of just um, competition for a specific role. One of the roles may be you need to mentor people. And young people need to mentor us old people. You know, that is where you add value to us. Help us, and we'll add value to you through experience. You help us by learning technology and getting a window into what's happening in this more useful world in the market. You help older people. Older people help you with these things that we've talked about. And so we need to learn to actively cross-mentor in the workplace, and companies need to set up structures that allow that instead of a competitive environment that really um, in, nurture that cross-mentoring and community learning. Mentoring. I love that. I love that so much. So what are the priorities when you are thinking about reinventing your career? Because, you know, it can become overwhelming. Where do we begin? You know, what, what's a pri- what are some of the priorities that you would recommend someone focus on with the reinvention process? If possible, let go of the fear and embrace the dream. You really need to figure out where do I want to go and be at this point in my life? Where do I add value? Where do I want to be? What do I want to learn? Um, And to let go of, you know, we're so shackled by fears and expectation. And part of it is America's drowning in debt. And so if you're drowning in debt, um, you don't have the financial wherewithal to let go of, you know, a, a traditional job and do something new. But we also need to say, really is starting to say, what do I want to do with the rest of my life? And that's the hard part. I do career coaching all the time. And the first mm-hmm. thing I ask is, what is your career objective? What do you want to do? And 95% of the people cannot tell me what their next goal, their goal was. They cannot put in words what they want to do. Everybody's so focused on, I'm here right now and I'm wanting to hold on here, is you don't know where you want to go next. You really need to spend a lot of, of time and energy trying to figure out where do I want to be a year from now, five years from now, where do I want to move on to? I need to do a lot of cross-examination. I have a little little exercise if you want to try it, um, and it, it's, it's kind of scary. Well, it's, it's exciting. Um, visualize that you go to the store this yesterday, whatever, you bought a lottery ticket, and you found out you won $10 million. Oh, my God, your life is golden. Everything is going to change. You have enough money that you don't have to worry about going to work and making money. You have, it's not so much that, you know, you're going to be Mark Cuban and, and be on Shark Tank buying businesses. It's enough that you can take care of yourself, your family, the people that you love for the rest of your life. You have, you're freed for the first time from the worry of, I've got to have a job to survive. So if you had okay. that financial ability, what would you do? And if you just kind of project it out in your mind, okay, today I'm going to do this. Tomorrow I'm going to go quit my job. The next day I'm going to do this. I'm going to, and and you you kind of look in your mind. Okay, I've done all these things that are on my bucket list. Okay, six months later, 
what do I do? Eight months later, 10, a year, what am I going to be doing once I've taken care of all this stuff I need to do? What am I going to be doing to um, satisfy myself, to stimulate my mind, to make me feel good? And that's where you should be. And even if you don't have the money to do it now, you should be investing in that future that you visualize. And you can do it through volunteerism. You can do it through charitable things. You can do it through education to help you get there. But you need to be looking, where do I want to be in the future? And then taking steps to get where you want to be and letting go of the prison of the present and the financial needs of the present so you can embrace a more passionate future. I absolutely love the idea of visualizing where you want to be and what you would be doing if you had, didn't have to concern yourself with money. Because let's face it, the idea of reinventing yourself, the first thing that comes to mind is how am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to take care of my responsibilities? And so I feel like that's exactly what um, paralyzes people with even thinking about the change and many people don't reinvent themselves until they're a position to have to do so. And so to, to remove the idea, the financial responsibility, and set yourself into a visualization of, okay, I have the money now. I can do anything that I want to do. What would I do? That's a wonderful way to identify your passion and, and a great opportunity for you. Because when you're passionate about something, you're going to give it your all. You know, and you're going to do it when it, even when it's not convenient. And that inspiration that you get from being passionate about something is actually the um, vehicle that you can use to find the connections, you know, to be inspired and to, to present yourself in a way that makes people want to inquire about how you can add value to their company or, you know, to their life in general to hire you. I think that that's phenomenal. So really good tip. Take some time to visualize that you won that $10 million. You got it in the bank, you know, and then just do that. I'm, I'm a strong believer in visualization, um, imagination, you know, the whole deal, um, the, idea of being able to create your reality. Absolutely true. You just have to embrace it. I want to take a break. I'm sitting at my desk looking at my vision board. I have a big poster board, you know, um, in front of me with my vision board of what my vision is. And I can sit here and at my desk, I can look at it. And that reinforcement every day is, is so important in achieving your goal. If you don't have a vision, you're never going to get there. So visualize so it through the universe will yeah. give it to you. If you are passionate and you claim it, the universe will give it to you. And you don't have to figure out necessarily how the universe will help guide you to that future. As long as you know it, you own it, you, you, you look at it, you visualize it, it's in your heart and mind, you'll get there. If you don't have that vision, you will never get there. I totally believe that with you, Diane. Absolutely. You have to be willing to be flexible with the process for sure. You have to be willing to think differently. You know, you have to really step away from your analytical mind and go in mm -hmm. within yourself. You really do. So um, I know a lot of people think that, you know, visualization, vision boards, and all that stuff is hocus pocus, but it's not. Um, it does require a diligence, right? You do have to pursue it um, to it, and you know, to a degree, not in the same manner 
perhaps that you would pursue, you know, um, career or something, but you have to pursue it in the manner of like, you have to create the space in your day and your time and your mind for something new to appear, something creative to happen in your life. And I think that's the part that so many people struggle with is creating the space to allow something different to happen. There is a fear of the unknown, right? We like to cling to knowing what's going to happen. That's, you know, us feeling as if we're in control. But in order for this whole reinvention process to happen, we have to embrace what else is possible. My favorite question of all time. So I bet mm-hmm. we're going to take a little break, Diane. We're going to come back. And we're going to listen to Miss Sandra's moment of power. And we're going to come back and keep this conversation going. So stay tuned, beautiful people. We'll be right back. Y'all know what time it is. Get ready for Miss Sandra's moment of power. Mama's on. She's chopping them jewels. Mama's on. Better listen up and you'll grow. Good morning, queens and kings. Reinvent your career. One of the best lessons I have learned regarding a career is to choose a career that you will love to work in because it will help you with your stress levels, especially if you need to reinvent your career. Having a job for 20 to 30 years or even 5 to 10 years, the market is constantly changing. Staying on top of your career or craft, you might have to change the hours, update your skills to fit the younger generation's workplace, even opt for seasonal work or even flex time, but putting the work in to make sure that you stand out from the crowd. As the world turns and we are trying to work smarter and not harder, we still must remember that you are the one who will make the difference regarding your career. Observing what is trending and what is a staple is very important. Trendy only lasts for a season where stability is for a lifetime. And to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, Ephesians 4.23. Be blessed. Until the next time, happy Sunday to all. Yes. Happy Sunday, Miss Sanja. Happy Sunday. Thank you so much for that powerful message. So much wisdom in there. Right in alignment with what we're discussing. Love to work in. Find something that you would love to do because, and see, uh, we have to think differently about resources and and finance, right? We have to think differently about those ideas because if you're able to do something that you love, she just said it, you reduce your stress. You reduce your stress. You increase your health. If you increase your health, you spend less time at the doctor. You spend less time, money on pills and medications. You know, you're able, your energy increases. So you're able to do more, accomplish more. You know, your health is more of an asset to you than this green energy called money. And we love money. Money is so important for us, right? However, it doesn't just come in the paper form reinvent the idea of how you see money, you know, because money comes in many different ways. So I love that. What, are, what is your take on that, um, Diane, what she just said, you know, about loving the work that you're in, it reduces your stress? It is absolutely critical. Um, and you have different stress. You have 
positive um, focus going forward. You're self-driven. So you make your own stress of mm. achieve, and that's healthy stress. Stress is not necessarily bad. You can have internal stress that's caused by your passions to do things as opposed to external stress coming from people being on you or bad habits and things like that. So healthy stress that is internally driven can be good for you. It makes us grow and achieve. And so you need okay. to embrace stress that contributes towards your well-being. Mm, different types of stress. Identifying what type of stress is this? Yeah, absolutely. And then determining, yeah, where, how you should file that. Wonderful. Um, staying on top of your craft. I think that's so, that's so important, to stay on top of your craft um, to, to make yourself even more valuable. I like the idea of, you know, we are all unique. And so much, so much of our lives are spent competing with others. You know, even when you're doing – uh, some of these entrepreneur is, you know, who are your competitors, you know, and they, you, you spend a lot of time focusing on your competitors and, and studying them. And, and I do believe that it's important to stay in tune with what other folks are doing, but it can also be a detriment. Do you agree, Diane? If you're looking at what you're, okay, go ahead. Elaborate. Yeah, and you, you compete with yourself. You're competing with um, change in the industry. One of the things we haven't talked about as much is, is you, the status quo is changing. If you're staying where you are, you're behind because the world is changing so fast. <clears throat> Jobs are changing. Industry are changing. Technology is making so many jobs obsolete. I know so many people who invested in jobs that no longer exist today and so you really have to be on the forefront of understanding the technology and the changes in the industry and adapting to them as opposed to fighting against them. And that comes mm -hmm. with that lifelong learning. If you're stuck just holding on to credentials that you made years ago, you're not okay. embracing new learning. And learning is easy and cheap and free today. You can learn anything you want on YouTube for free. Anybody yeah. can. There are courses Coursera and, and LinkedIn has courses and Udemy, all these courses are cheap and expensive. You can learn and gain certifications. And that's one of the things that's very important in your career is gaining new certifications of skills. Today, an employer is looking for a current certification, and in many ways that's more important than a college degree. So if mm -hmm. you're in whatever your profession is, your professional association almost certainly offers um, industry credentials. They're not just CEUs. You can get a certificate as a product manager. You can get a certificate. I work in marketing. So you can, the American Marketing Association offers several certificates in digital marketing or marketing professionals. So you can gain new certificates. You can go um, take courses and gain new certificates. And employers are more interested today in current certification that demonstrates tangible skills than in um, just things that you've learned like a college degree because employers are no longer willing to train employees. That's really important that we understand that. Mm. In the past few years, this whole change in employee loyalty, um, millennials turn over their jobs right now often once a year. And so an employer is not going to invest $20,000 training an employee in the skills that they want you to have 
knowing that you might leave without loyalty towards that investment. So you've got to invest in your own skills development and bring um, cert, 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 current certificates, badges um, that demonstrate your ability to have skills. If you want to remain employable in your industry and you like your job, you need to go out there and be looking for certification for new skills development. And often companies will pay for that. If you're in a large corporation, they often will give you $5,000 or more a year to go back and get an advanced degree to get a certificate. Um, so companies will often pay for that. And even if you don't have a company that will pay for it, you can get new skills certification. Community colleges are hidden secrets. You can learn so many valuable things cheap easy to a community college and people aren't going there. So even if you have an advanced degree, you can still go back to a community college and get a certification in a very specific skill area that make you mm -hmm. more relevant to the workforce today. And we don't think of that. You know, nobody thinks mm. of that. I had never thought of going back. I've got two master's degrees from 40 years ago. I don't need to learn anything new. Well, of course I do. I need new certifications and badges because industry is changing. So we really need to... Um, Embrace that at all ages. For you young people out there, the day you graduate from college, your skills are starting to erode. You need to be gaining new skills. Don't just say, oh, I'm done. I tell my college students that I teach, when you get your degree, you're just starting. This is mm -hmm, your launch mm -hmm. pad. You have not succeeded in life. You are launching your life. You are starting your journey of lifelong learning. Okay. And part of that will come from work and from what you learn from your peers and your job, but you're also responsible for yourself and your own employability. Phenomenal. I, I, I love that because a current certification, it says that the knowledge is fresh in your mind, too. So mm -hmm. that's an it advantage. It also makes you more relevant and, and endorses you with your employer. It makes you more employable makes you more valuable within your current job and your current company, as well as making you employable to third parties. So, um, and you should let your employer know, hey, I'm going back to school. I'm getting my master's degree. I'm getting a certification in this. I'm embracing this technology. I'm learning this because it adds to your portfolio. So if there are layoffs in your company, you want to be the person with the best accumulated skills so that you have more flexibility, you can go more places, they need you because you have a unique portfolio of skills that other people may not have. Wonderful. You brought up another important um, skill or asset that some people may not think about when presenting themselves, and that's loyalty. I think that that's an important word that you want to use when you are reinventing yourself and presenting yourself, um, especially if you've reached a certain age, is that, you know, I have loyalty and you can show that with your, your track record of the businesses that you've worked with. Maybe you've worked there for 10 years, 20 years, in comparison to what you just said about the millennials who stay at a job for a year, you know, so I, I think it's really important to look into, you know, do your research. That's always important with the company that you are looking to uh, work with and see what value, what is valuable to them. What do they deem as valuable to their brand? And if you can identify some companies out there who are looking for resiliency, right, looking for loyalty, that may be a, a really great place to start. 
What do you think about that, Diane? I, I absolutely agree. Loyalty is one of the, the ten strengths, the ten reasons they ought to be hiring um, you instead of millennials, older people instead of millennials, is that dedication, loyalty. Um, after 20 or 30 years of, of work experience, you are a known entity. You have shown dedication. You have shown hard work. You have shown um, that loyalty, and that's really critical for employers. And I think there's, you know, a circle. You come around. Everything comes around. And I think um, the reason that many work um, employers should be looking back and are looking at, at, at older workers is loyalty, stick-to-itiveness, dedication. Communication skills is really important. We have communication skills with older, more mature professionals that younger people may not have. They have technology skills we'll never get. And we have communication skills that they have not honed yet, hopefully, and the ability mm. to pick up the phone, talk to people. Younger people mm. would rather send a text communicate anonymously, and we have the ability to communicate eye-to-eye in person, to engage on the phone, to engage talking to people, um, and that's an important skill that companies are understanding and, and rewarding again. Mm, yes, that's really important because you know what? People are looking, because we are so uh, engrossed with our social media stuff, which is great, right? We, we like social media. It does have its benefits. People are now kind of connection deprived. And so if you can, you know, bring that to the table through your ability to communicate effectively with people, right? To listen to people, to hold space for people, um, that's definitely an asset as well. Phenomenal. See, these Absolutely. are some things that you wouldn't you wouldn't normally think about, right? About how you are about you know in terms of building value and worth. That's what we're talking about, right? How you thinking outside the box in regards to how you build value and worth into who you are and embracing. This is embracing, you know, your age or the the fact the experience that you have. Embrace it. Spin, take it. Take it to a new perspective. Look at it from a new perspective. You know, instead of looking at it as um, a detriment, you got to look at it as, you know what, this is a bonus, you know? And so I think that perspective is hugely important in, in the idea of reinventing your career. You have to shift how you're thinking about it. So brand and you new have to, to – go ahead. Uh-huh. And you have to shift how you think about yourself. Because only when you Indeed. have a posture of confidence yes. and, and certainty will you communicate that to a potential employer. You should never go yes. in apologizing for your age. Your age should be an attribute that brings with it all these great skills of, of ability, of personal and professional networking, mentoring, dedication, loyalty. I've learned all that. I bring that to you as an employer. We should be confident bringing that into the place instead of apologizing for it. Your posture, how you feel and present yourself, your self-confidence, your sense of worth is going to communicate so much to whomever you meet. Yes, and you can practice that. You can definitely do some role-playing, you know, join a group and and do some role-playing. There's a, what is that, Toastmasters? That's, that's, I've heard that's pretty helpful. Join, do that, you know, get some practice in there. 
you know, practicing your posture. And, 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 and you have to have this word that I love. It's a new word. I mean, it's not a new word, but <laughs> it's a word that I love that describes what you have to have, audacity. You have to have the audacity to be whatever age you are, let's say 60, and come up and go up into a 20-something uh, business um, organization and say, you know, hand me a job. This is what, these are my skills. I'm loyal. I'm resilient. You know, I communicate effectively. You know, I've just recently done my certification for this. You have to have the audacity to go in there and ask for that job. Like, who does she think she is? Doesn't she know that this is a, you know, we we 30 and under here? Yes. And that's the kind of stuff that shakes people, rocks people on their court. They're like, what? Oh, my goodness. She must really have something. And you, you kind of flip it on them a little bit. So you got to have a little audacity, you know, to ask for it and to, you know, be bold, you know? Mm-hmm. Interesting. There's a great book by Chip Connolly. Um, he was instrumental in helping to grow Airbnb from the small company it was to what it is today. And he was in his 50s, um, uh, an established um, owner of multiple hotels, boutique hotels, and he had retired in his mid-50s. And mm-hmm. he was um, he came in to help these two brilliant young people who had basically built Airbnb from the idea of hey we need money let's rent out our couch um, and help grow it because the book is called Wisdom at Work with you know a the amp the the ampersand a or whatever that's called um, at okay. uh, Wisdom mm-hmm. at Work and it talks about that about this cross mentoring about the role of an older person mentoring and how he, he was blindsided by all these young people with their technology and all the, the stuff that they knew and, and his lack of that, but yet how he brought that nurturing and that maturity and that insight into in, um, industry and know-how and an understanding of how to deal with people that has helped make Airbnb so big is that they they merge this young brilliant technology talent with this older mature experience, and wow. the synergy of that helped them to you know innovate the world of of travel um, because they married those two together. And we should be working for that, um, looking at yes. how can I help an employer get to the next step using my skills and talent. Yes. Where do I bring Using value? What I have. How can I bring value? That's, yeah. Yes. 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 Absolutely. That's what the greatest inventors, you know, that's what they do. They have the audacity to dream. They have the audacity to visualize and to see things differently. You know, they have the audacity to be unique, you know, and to, to, to stick. Because a lot of people, they have the ability to be direct. And a lot of times, you know, we're not used to directness. Yeah, everybody is going around stuff and doing things subliminally. No, if you come in and you you are direct, listen, I know I'm 70 or whatever it is. I know I'm 40. I know, you know, whatever it is, whatever it is. I know that I know this about me. I know this. But I'm, let me explain to you why this is beneficial to you. If you bring it directly, then it's kind of like you take the, your power back you know, in it, you give it power, you know, and I think that's important for people to understand is that we give power to things and to ideas and to, you know, even weaknesses, you give power and energy to your weakness. If you're looking at it from a standpoint of it being a weakness, 
you know, but you can also empower it in such a way that it becomes a strength. And that's what you have to muster up. And so going into, you know, um, exploring organizations like Toastmaster or any other of those other ones that help you with self-development and improvement in that manner and help you to get that audacity, you know, to, to dream bigger and to think differently is so beneficial to you because you, you, in this process, you're helping yourself to evolve and you're also bringing a different idea to, to how we look at things. So the reason why um, companies are able, have been able to age out people is because of how older people were thinking about themselves. They bought into the lie or the belief that they had no more value. And so that's why companies were able to do that. But now that since with people like Diane, you know, and others in your industry, Diane, because there are so many people out there who are reinventing themselves, you guys are empowering these companies empowering the idea of age, you know, and helping us to see the value that you bring to our world. And I think that that is so important to do. So, you know, the, the whole you, concept of retirement mm-hmm. has changed. Retirement means withdrawing. No, with, you know, to retire from something means you're withdrawing, you're quitting. No, it's a new phase. And we have got to look at the, the, the transition, the transformation. When Social Security was established at the age of 62, the lifespan for the person who voted on that was 47 years old. Okay? So they were visualizing Social Security in 1935. It was established mm. is at age 62, is there's going to be people who are so old that their children will have died and they have nothing to live on. So you have this meager amount to help sustain ancient people in the last years of their life. Today, life expectancy for me is 85. That means I've got another 20 years to live on average. And I come from great genes. I'm going to live a lot longer than that. A child born today is likely going to live to be 100. And therefore, Mm. we've got to change the way we look at age and say, you know, it used to be you had, had, you know, Education years, work years, and a few retirement years. No, you're breaking it in, in thirds. So you spend 20 years getting educated. You spend 30 or 40 years working. And then you spend the next 20 or 30 years doing something else. And hopefully mm-hmm. we will have earned this Social Security pension that gives us a stipend that helps us financially bridge into new adventures. And that's mm-hmm. really exciting to say, I'm not old. I'm just starting on this next third of my life that gives me the freedom to do some new things. Hopefully by that time I'll have educated myself in many things. I will have raised a family of competent professionals who unfortunately as a mom no, no, no longer need us. Um, the, the, the success of a, of a parent is to have raised children who don't need you. And that's kind of painful as your only child moves away, 2,000 miles away. But my child doesn't need me, so I am freed to do something else and embrace new things in my life. And that's what we should be looking to do. It's scary, but it's also a wonderful adventure. Absolutely. It is a wonderful adventure. And to me, it definitely sounds like it. It, it, it starts with establishing your worth and, and not and putting your worth so much in um, perhaps, you know, just knowing your worth outside of um, 
attachments to your job and to maybe your family, but just finding your worth in general um, on your own, a worth that you can bring anywhere that you go. So it's not um, an isolated, you know, um, idea. Your worth can be transferable. So tell us about And we have to uh, keep investing in that worth. Yes, you have to keep building that worth in in light of today's changes. But we can do that. Absolutely. 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 Tell us about your book, Brand You to Land Your Dream Job. Tell us what what readers can expect. Well, I actually have two books. Brand You to Land Your Dream Job is the book that I wrote a couple years ago to teach my college students and young professionals all these branding skills. So they're the basics of what you need to do to be employable in the workforce today. And that's everything from how to manage social media, how to get a job, how to write a resume, how to manage LinkedIn, how to network, um, and then how to be successful interviewing for jobs. That's kind of a basic primer of what you need to know to be employable in a corporate workforce today. Then last year, Last October, I brought out my newest book, which is Reinvent Your Career, Beat Age Discrimination to Find Your Dream Job, which is the book that I wrote in response to all these baby boomers coming to me asking for help when I was kind of hit with this, this you know, bath of, of cold water realizing this whole age discrimination was happening. And so that's the book I wrote for my baby boomer colleagues and today, age discrimination is happening at age 40 and 45. It's not just us old people. Um, young people in Silicon Valley, if you're in your late 30s, you're too old to be considered a relevant tech person. Um, and in education, many fields in your 40s, you're edged out because you've worked your way up in, 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 in salary with tenure that they can replace a senior person with two younger people without experience if they don't value that experience. So Mm. it is for many people at different ages, but as you get older, um, as you, you have to reinvent your career as you reinvent your life to stay relevant. And that is talking about um, the, the steps of understanding the employment crisis how to keep or land a job in corporate America, and then really figuring out what you really want to do because it may not be that job in corporate America. That job in corporate America may be beyond. You may not be able to get that anymore. So what do you want to do and then make financial changes and change your lifestyle to let you embrace new things? And we we tend to want to keep our status quo. That's what life is. But you have to let go of something to get something new. You have to create a void in your life for new things to come in your life. And so Mm -hmm. we have to reevaluate ourselves financially Mm -hmm. so that Mm -hmm. you can, you know, maybe you don't keep that big four-bedroom house, you know, when the grandkids come. Maybe you have to sell that, change your financial structure, let go of assets so that you can have new assets and, and change your lifestyle so that you can move on to creating something more fulfilling at this stage of your life. You had that lovely home in the suburbs for 20 years. You raised a wonderful family. Well, do you still need it anymore? Or do you want to move towards downsizing, getting rid of the cottage at the lake, cutting your expenses dramatically, and then using that financial ability to change careers, do more nonprofit work, set up your own nonprofit, do more volunteerism, travel, um, learn new things, as we go into this new stage of life, so you really need to re- reinvent yourself financially too, 
and get out of mm-hmm. these same habits that we had forever. Absolutely. And, and that's that, called you could even turn reinvent your career. I love that. Reinvent your career. Another way you could use that, you know, instead of um, completely selling a house, you could just maybe rent it out and, and earn some residual income, you know, from it that you don't have to really work for. That's another perspective right. that you can look at it from, you know. So and it, in my book, that, I talk about a number of different things, having a daycare in your home where you raise, mm-hmm. you know, you help care for your own grandchildren and a few other children pays for your job, you get to raise your grandchildren. It, it might include blended households. I don't know why Americans are so fixated on everybody lives in a, in a house with, you know, a mom and a dad, period, whereas the rest of the world lives in blended households, multi-generational households, so you each contribute and you don't have that financial burden. I have a girlfriend recently, and um, she and her, she, you know, she's my age, roughly, and um she has new grandbabies, and so she and her daughter both sold their four-bedroom homes, built a larger home together, and they took the money that she had, she contributed for this. She no longer has the expense of maintaining a home and having to work every day to have this mortgage payment and the property tax payment. They blended households so that each of them is better able to live their life. Um, she helps care for her grandbabies part of the time, so her daughter has more freedom, and she has the financial freedom for the first time in her life to go explore mm. new things and do new things. So you can look at different ways to innovate your, your life as you change yeah. responsibilities as you get older. I love it. I love it. I love it. It's not just about the nine to five anymore. There's so many ways, um, and technology has helped us uh, to learn different ways to bring in revenue. So it's so so awesome. There's so many things you could do. Uh, and there's some help out there to help you to do it. So get yourself a coach, get yourself involved in an organization, you know, surround yourself with people. Uh, and uh, Diane, where can we find you and your, you, you do your, your career coaching and your, your books? Well, the easiest way is my website, which is www.diane. Hoof.com, D-I-A-N-E-H-U-T-H.com. It's just my name, and there's a lot of mm-hmm. information on there. All of my books are available on Amazon. If you look for my name, you'll find them. Um, okay. And can I give your listeners a gift? Would that be okay? Yes, absolutely. Okay. I have a um, two-page, uh, or I have a downloadable gift for you. You can go to reinventmycareerplease.com, reinventmycareerplease.com, and that will give you a downloadable um, PDF of the 10 reasons that they ought to hire mature professionals to to understand how you claim your worth, the value that you bring. So it's at reinventmycareerplease.com. If you're younger – and many of your listeners may be younger. You may still be pursuing that corporate um, credentials and that job, which you should be as you're younger. I have another gift. It's a it's a a career checklist to see where am I? Is am I ready for my career? Are there voids in my toolkit of finding a career? And that's available at HireMeNowPlease.com. HireMeNowPlease.com is a career guide and checklist for everybody to see where you are on your career path and where are the voids you need to address. 
Wonderful. Thank you so much, Diane, for joining us today. My three words for you today are visualize for joining us. Until next time, beautiful people. Today's show was such a blessing. Join us next Sunday, March 31st at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time.